too many Tic Tacs in the town. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 3.38 starting time. Please welcome from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Matthew Wiley. Play away, please. I bring the boom, I bring the thunder. Legion of doom in the dungeon of plunder. Hello, Golf Lady 194. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while since uh, the last podcast, which was the U.S. Open with John Rom winning. If you didn't know that, there's light breaking news. John Rom won. Louis finished second. As I said on Twitter during that event, this is the stage in the back nine where Louis makes his charge for second place. How good is he? Just one shot. Was that 17th? Why? Why aim for the left side, Louis? Just hit in the fairway or miss right. There's plenty of room. You had it. You had it. Um, Someone asked me why I haven't changed the music in a while. Well, try getting like 10 cease and desist letters from Universal Music Group. It finally happened. After all the music cuts I've played over the years, a couple of songs they really don't like you playing, in particular. So that's the Lytics, or the Lytics from Winnipeg. Uh, thank you, Jagerbombs underscore 12, for the sheets every week. Uh, the DraftKings contest, for those of you who don't know, I do a DraftKings contest each week. I post it on Twitter. It's $5. It's single entry. 300 entry max, no rake, meaning that DraftKings doesn't take anything from you. And I limit the amount of bozos to zero that are allowed in this contest. Some sneak in periodically. Uh, I will have a caveat that the winner, the winner will always be in finance and or from Boston. Mostly and. Without exception. I had a guest on who won pre, uh, a few weeks ago. I was excited about it. I think he was from Iowa. And I thought he was in farming. He was in the actuarial finance of farms. He was like a private equity holder in farms. From what I recall. You can't get away from these finance guys winning these contests. And that's why I have attacked best ball, best ball for the NFL, which is a lot of fun, these snake drafts early on to try to win that million this year. That is a lot of fun. I have elite teams. Just ask A Raven 52. We did some best ball together. He said, I can't believe you built that team. Quote, I think he said, quote, you're one of the greatest best ball players I've ever seen in my life. I think I heard him say that. And then I did one with circling the drain. Nothing, just having fun together, not doing anything. We're just doing a draft together. And he drafts his first running back in like the 14th round. It's Ronald Jones. 
or or Herschel Walker. And then he decides to give me commentary on what he sh- what he thinks I should have done with my team. And I've got like Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, Lamar Jackson. The entire 2006 New England Patriots. I'm fine. I'm fine. But it kick it's it's addictive. That best ball stuff is fun. Um, all right, so this week is the – by the way, the, 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 biggest, the biggest question I have unanswered in my life right now, and I was trying to frame a tweet without seeming people going, what are you talking about? And you probably could still do that based on what I'm going to say. But I, the biggest unsolved mystery for me in my life, and I haven't told this to anyone yet, and I try to take photos of this to prove what I'm talking about, but everyone – who works at the car wash I go to has vampire length fingernails, like six, seven inches. And I don't know why. And I believe it's some sort of cult. And I'm really thinking of changing where I go to wash my car. The time to shine, Nathan, on like Richmond Road, everyone there has, it doesn't matter if they're old or young, male, female, they have fingernails that are like this long and pointed on the end. And I, and I think it's like the Lost Boys movie or something. What is, what's, what is that? What am I missing? I don't think it's guitar. I don't know. I'm probably overlooking something, a very simple explanation. Uh... <laughs> So the U.S. Open, which I didn't talk about, which I didn't talk about um, yet, I felt the course was a Farmers Open too. Torrey Pines. I didn't. To me, as I said to someone on Twitter, ten foot ryegrass, a hundred mile per hour gale force wind, which you can't control, brown greens, carnage for badly missed fairways. And greens, which there wasn't a lot of. You had Rom going way over the green, having a perfect, you know, uphill uh, pitch shot two feet to the pin. It just didn't, at least the visuals of the course did not have the appearance of a U.S. Open to me. Um, Shinnecock played at Chambers Bay. Just so, but. All things, all things. It was had a lot of excitement to it. My 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 schematic for it uh, in the future for most majors, particularly the U.S. Open, because of the length, will be strokes gained, salad. What I mean by that is, who looks fit enough to do this for four days? I loved older guys like Hoffman. That was great. That was great for thirty six holes. Not so good the weekend. But these young, you know, horses like Rom, they have the stamina. Stuart Sink, another one, killed me. Shane Lowry, killed me. And it may have just been a coincidence, but that's a lot of, that's a lot of yards to walk. That's pretty grinding. So this week is the uh, Detroit Rocket Mortgage Classic. And we're going to talk to Ryan. 
and Josh, and they have some great insight. For part of the segment, for part of the segment, my microphone was unplugged. There you go. I don't know how Sam was getting out. I don't even know if it sounds getting out. We haven't post-produced this yet, but it could be terrible. So just bear with me on that. Is there a simple explanation for the fingernails? I mean, it's not like this long. I mean, it's just like like something you see in Ripley's Believe It or Not. Yes, but everyone there has them. Okay. I don't that am I offending anyone yet? Okay. Okay. Sometimes I'm ignorant to these facts, and I don't want to offend anyone. But it's just, I'm scared. We've been inside for a year and a half, so yeah. I don't know. All right. Let's talk to Josh Ryan. Cash, get the money. Tiger Woods, y'all. Hello. Energy. <laughs> the first thing people hear in the recording is prostitution energy. <laughs> because you couldn't wait for the countdown. <laughs> Here's the reason why Josh Schlepko is looking to drain the NHL. World champion, uh, MLB maybe, I don't know. Golf, Taintly. He said, I said on Twitter today because I there was a picture on Zyre Golf on Instagram of Coeur d'Alene in Idaho, the, the floating green, which is an amazing golf course. It's a, literally a floating green, which they can actually manipulate in the lake. Um, and you have to boat into it once you, uh, you know, if you if you actually land on the green, and I said the and that's in Idaho, of course. So I said, I states beginning with I definitively ranked one Idaho, two Illinois, three Iowa, four Indiana, five in quotes Island comma Road. And I got, of course, you're from Rhode Island. I've I've got so many so much feedback about guys talking about Rhode Island. The best comment was from Birdies and Bogies. And he said, Rhode Island was the greatest place during the 2000s. No drinking age, completely mafia-controlled, great strip clubs. 18 and cruising the complex shit, the complex is something shit-faced, were epic memories of my youth. <laughs> and so that's why, what did you say, prostitution? You said, when, right, you said, let's start recording. I feel good energy. And I said, prostitution energy. <laughs> we were talking about how Rhode Island missed a great opportunity to become Vegas of the East when prostitution was legal until about, like, I don't know, five or seven years ago. Can you clear up no drinking age? I I don't believe that's that's accurate. Was I, I, that- I don't know if it loosely enforced, but I'm pretty sure that's not accurate there was a huge movie on netflix about this art heist i think it was in massachusetts i forget what the music oh that's was. a that's a great it's um, incredible yeah that is right up um very close to where i used to live i've never been, i didn't even know that museum existed until i saw it and i'm excited to go take a visit yes and so i in my in in the isabel stewart gardner museum theft watch that on netflix in my estimation, this shit is in Rhode Island. And when he said it was mafia controlled, it completely clarified that for me. Well, there is um, there is a large uh, mafia presence in Rhode Island. Um, yes. Not not some not so much as it was years ago. But I guess that's probably the case everywhere. But yeah, sure. Um, no, there's this place called Federal Hill that has the best Italian food, and uh, it was it's actually kind of 
gone to hell as Mafia has pulled out of it. And now it's just like, you know, hookah bars and like <laughs> random shot, not, you know, random bars where it's just like, you know, <laughs> Papy- do- Papy- dollar shots and things like that. Hookah bars, papyrus font. Um, the, uh, well, I can't say much about Lexington. It's the gateway for drug trafficking of the United States. I think if you read the bluegrass conspiracy, all cocaine trafficking goes through like, literally a mile from here. There was an FBI shootout two days ago on, on, on one of the main roads here. So whatever. Uh, speaking of towns, Detroit, I just left Detroit. Um, it is, by the way, if you ever want to travel somewhere to a big city that used to be the, used to be the New York of the United States back in the automobile boom of the fifties, Detroit is making a resurgence and it's a very, very cool town. And so they're in Detroit this week at the Detroit golf club. Is that right? The rocket mortgage. Yes. I feel like we, I don't know. I'm mixing that with a three M. Um, the, the last place this was, was at Potomac, which was impossible. Um, that's the, that's when Molinari absolutely, Scorch earth that course uh, for a 17 shot win. D- Detroit, though, is, I mean, this is bomb and gouge. It is your, your classic PGA, easy tree line parklands, negligible rough, um, Bryson DeChambeau type course, 7,300 yards, not a long par 72, just a, you know, what was the final? What were the what were the scores over the last couple? He of years? shot like twenty something under twenty three. Yeah, yeah twenty three under twenty five hundred Nate Lashley, and so now you've got a decent field, but you also have the Irish Open, which is uh, is a really nice um, pre tournament to the Open Championship the following week. So there's a lot to look at this week, and. Um, you know, I don't know if you have any thoughts initially on the course, Ryan or Josh, but the field's not terrible. The ownership is at that first glance, it's it's chalk central. Well, yeah, I uh, go ahead. Ryan. No, I was gonna say I think, and I think like what we saw um, at the uh, U.S. Open, it's it's uh, going to get chalkier as the week goes on. Um, I think everybody is is on on Bryson. Um, I could see him pushing thirty five, forty percent in some things, especially mm-hmm. higher stakes. There's just, it, I think there's no one else up there to play, and everybody seems to be playing the bomb and gouge angle, which obviously worked for him last year. Um, I will say though, if you look at the top ten from last year, like yes, Bryson was there and Wolf and Champ, but so was Kisner and Adam Hadwin and uh, Ryan Armour. So. It's not like there are yeah. way, like there aren't other ways you can get around this golf course. No, that that was I guess the point I was going to make is I I do think that it's the type of course that Bryson can absolutely take apart, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him again. But as Ryan just said, you know, it doesn't seem that like you have to be a bomber in order to do well here. No, it's it is there are a lot of ways to make birdies on tour. It it pretty much diminishes guys like Matsuyama who play well on very difficult courses because they're so skilled, but can they make 
35 birdies over the course of four days. Yeah. It's just, it makes it, so you get these lesser, not lesser known, but less sort of high profile guys, but like a Lashley doing well because they can just get hot and make a ton of birdies. And there's not enough trouble here where you have to have these elite skill sets to survive. So it's interesting. And there's, I mean, let's go through ownership top down. I think there is value. I think there is stuff in every price range. I'm very interested to hear because I know I'm going to hear at least two names. One of them might be banned from the show, but at least one of them I think I'll hear in the sixes from one of you. I think you know which one I'm talking about. Tainly. Uh, oh, no, this is no, not no. A podcast. no, 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 Let's let's think about top end here first. Where are you with playing Bryson? Josh. I'm I'm either going to lock or I, I I'm not going underweight. Um, okay. I, right I, now he's thirty percent projected. Yeah, I generally, I don't know, it kind of goes against this idea. I, when the highest price golfer is also the, um, the highest owned, that's a problem for me. And, and I'm, I'm going to talk myself off right here on, on the podcast. Highest priced, highest owned. And he, uh, of the top, he's probably more of, more volatile. I mean, you'd say he's right, probably more volatile than a guy like Webb or, or, a decky. Um, but I just think that he has, with his distance, he just has an opportunity to mm-hmm. take apart the course. Um, and I don't really, I don't know where or else I would go because when we get to it, I don't really like the nines and I don't really love a lot of the people under him. So I'm almost like, I mean, am I going to start all my lineups in the eights? I just, I don't know. I think for lack of other options, I, I'm gonna have to to go with him. It's a question of do you do you play Bryson or leave a bunch of money on the table? <laughs> it's a pretty um, easy decision. I mean, the guy's gained four to six uh, strokes ball striking the last few events, and is putting well. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be locking Bryson. That's a pretty a pretty easy one for me this week. Yeah. Other than Bryson, I'm. I think. Um, I think I like Webb, just because kind of did the other side of things where just the you know fairways and birdie makers. Um, and I think I think he will be lower on. I don't know between him and Matsuyama, yeah. but I would imagine they're both going to be less than Reed. And I'm not really interested in Reed that much this week. Yeah, no. it's. It's strange when Slip and I actually have the same read at the top because it doesn't happen that often. But, uh, yeah, definitely Webb for me. I think uh, people have kind of cooled on him. You know, a couple bad events, uh, one miscut in there. Uh, but, yeah, great on uh, Donald Ross courses. Has played well here before. Uh, just kind of does everything pretty well. Uh, pretty good par five score. Uh, I mean, obviously has a strong short game. Uh, makes plenty of birdies. Uh, yeah, so definitely Bryson a clear number one, but uh, Webb number two. Even though Bryson's going to be 30%, you probably will likely have to have him. I think there is a couple of options, and we'll get to the nines on this. I really like Will Zalatoris at 10K. Um, 
Webb Simpson maybe a never play again after what happened at the uh, U.S. Open. Uh, Dunton Loveth Reed, Hideki, I think he plays more better on difficult courses. Will Zelatoris now, different story. But in the nines, you said you didn't like much of the nines, Josh. Um, yeah. Ownership agnostic, but Neiman. Neiman, I, I do like Neiman. I, okay. I, it, he was close enough to the 10s. I was putting him up there. But cock rack. Um, <laughs> oh. um, yeah, so cock rack, I can't – at the ownership – I don't know. I, I understand he's been twenty percent. I know he's been playing very well this year. I'm not ready to play that price coming off a miscut. You know, n- no one ever goes. Everyone goes back to a guy off a miscut. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to razzle dazzle. I'm just not going to go back to a guy off a miscut. And how, how bad was he? What? How bad did he burn you at the U.S. Open? You and Ryan team. You team Josh Ryan. Yes, that that hurt. Speaking of things that hurt, I have I've done, gone never again with. Probably my favorite player on tour, and never again with Bubba. Why? Well, I, I mean, did you watch? I want you to hear your pain. <laughs> did you say? Is this? You know what? Yeah, we don't have to go there anymore. We don't have to. I'll be. I'll. I'll be a fan, and that's enough. I doesn't need. Don't need to waste any money on that guy anymore. Uh, but do, but is it not realistic that it may be a good play a sub five percent Bubba Watson at this course? Just maybe has some red ass. I, I will say always, the implosion was was more entertaining than expected, right? I, I I think we all knew it was coming, but the bogey, 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 double bogey was just it was just incredible. Well, aside from my own subjective feeling on him and my digging into stats, there wasn't even really much I liked about him other than you know driving distance. Except for Ryan, he was six percent. He was six percent owned at a bubble course where he's won three times, Wait, and he's listen, been playing so well. No, I agree. We played him on a mega team. Like, come dude, on, dude, don't give a shit. We're not here for it. Listen, all right. No, I thought you were. I thought we were aligned. Anyways. Yes. You can't pay. You can't. You get him. You can get him for six percent in when he's seventy five hundred. I'm not. He's going to be five percent at ninety two. I'll pass. I have twelve. If you do a Twitter text, I'm sorry, not Twitter, but a text search of the words Gerald B. Watson <laughs> from Ryan Bariff yelling it in all caps, I have about twelve gigs of it. That's all he does. <laughs> yeah, he's. It's, yeah, that was only on uh, on on Thursday and Friday of the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else here, Ryan? What about M? Talk me out. So, of it. I, I mean, I can't. I think he, uh, I think he makes a lot of sense. I will say, Neiman is 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 pretty clearly my top overall play here. I am a little bit afraid of the ownership, um, and he's kind of at that price where, like. He seems to always play pretty well, but he doesn't contend all that often, right? Like Neiman's going to like be there in the 20 to 25 or 30 range. And now he's 10 K or whatever. And it's like, I just don't know if there's any value there, mm-hmm. especially, especially if you are going to play or lock uh, Bryson. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm certainly not playing. I am not playing Kokrak this week. I am also <laughs> probably not playing Bubba. Uh, I never play Matthew Wolf. Never. And I don't play Keegan Bradley. So Nope. Nope. Uh too much full Keegan lately. And in the eights, in the eights, there's some interesting names that uh I could fade all of them. 
I like Griot at 8.2, but I think a lot of people will as well. I think the the Jason Day, you know, the suck me back into Jason Day based on last week at sub 6% ownership and sub 9 price. Do I do it? Absolutely not. I mean, the, look, the guy was horrible last week. He gained seven strokes in the short game. Let's not pretend like he had a good week. Mm-hmm. And then Fowler, I just think eight point seven. He shouldn't. He should be seven point one. Still, so and he doesn't get. He doesn't. You don't get the ownership discount on him as you should. People think, oh my! I think you, you will this week. No, though, but that's right? the thing is when people Still go ten percent. People go, oh god! I got Ricky Fowler at ten percent. He, you know, he used to be like. 20, 30%. Yeah, that was when he was good. So now he's bad and overpriced and he's still getting ownership. So where, like, do, do, what are you playing him for? I don't the think he's going to get the ownership this week. I do. I think the biggest addiction in DFS is Ricky Fowler. Number one. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I mean last was, week he was, what, low sevens? And that's why he was 25%. And then yeah. he missed the cut and burned everybody. And now he's like 8,700. Why? I don't know. Oh yeah, and I think he's overpriced, but I'm saying I think that's what's going to keep the ownership down at, at, at like eight percent or so. But and we'll Hig, Higo still drawing sixteen percent. Um, Kisner eighteen percent. That's ridiculous, Kevin the Kisner. Is, yeah, that's. Uh, I am not playing Woodland or Kisner. I will say I think that Charlie Hoffman would have won this week. I'm just, just going to put that out there mm-hmm. <laughs> because he's not here. Um, Do you like anything here, Josh, in the eighth? Um. Let's see. I do like Homa, and wow. I like Tringali, who will be chalk. But uh, he's a guy who uh, you know I'm gonna, <clears throat> gonna. I will have some. That's not some chalk. I, I don't think I'm gonna fade that drug, But we'll see how high the ownership gets if it gets out of control. I guess I won't. Um, I don't know this this day Fowler Woodland Kisner range. I guess I like Kisner. There were some things that I that that were <laughs> popping up. Who's laughing at me? Um, Brian. That w- yeah, we're not playing Kisner. No, we might play a little of him. Aside from what he did last week, there are some things that are intriguing me in, in the stats on him. But of Dave Fowler Woodland, I would go Woodland, but I don't really like any of those three. Yeah. Eating eating chalk update. The only chalk I plan to eat is Zaltorus Neiman at this point. I have undecided on Deshamba. So, well, 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 Ryan and I will have a lot our, to like. Yeah, a lot to discussion. like about Kisner, who gained eight strokes in the short game last week. Yes. Um, you, so, you yeah, Slep and, I are, <laughs> Slep and I are pretty aligned again. My first two bets this week were Homa and Tringali. So, um, I think Homa is, is appropriately priced. I think Tringali is a bit underpriced this week, and thus he'll be popular. Um, but, um, I think what I'm looking at this week is, um, I'm definitely looking at par five scoring. I'm looking at birdie makers. I'm looking at off the tee. And I think in this range, Homa is a clear number one. When you look at those things and, um, I have Cam Tringali as a clear number two. So those are really the only guys that I have any interest in, in the 8K range. It feels like Tringali makes about three Eagles per week too. Yeah, and again, he's played well here. So um, I think that's – and he missed the cut last week. He missed the cut last week shooting a pretty good score, actually. So I think he missed by one, so I'm not too worried about that. I think the winner comes in the sevens, and I think the winner might be Doc Redman. Oh, this is the conversation that we were having. Oh, really? When you were away. So, yeah, we'd like to talk about this. Uh, not just for form here at this course, but Doc 
Redmond has been playing. He 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 started off with a bang in his career. He had a lull, but I believe that he you know he's coming back in and I to form and I and I really was surprised that he was priced here at seven point nine and I think his ownership stays okay. Um, I also like the guy south of him and Lucas Glover. I hope I get some sneaky ownership on that. But I really like Doc Redman a lot, and I think I have him underlined with another guy. But I would say that he may be one of my winners this week. Yeah. So, um, and I have more, but go ahead, Josh. No, please. Okay. So power was just added to the field. I I am I'm gradually growing an addiction to Seamus Power. Um, in that even when he's down, he seems to pause power up and good one yeah he's not i mean he's just i mean right now he's projected three percent that'll change at this at this price yeah you can probably quadruple that totally he's a kind of a lock for me um i i'm a huge samus power fan yeah i think there are some options but he is yeah he's definitely one of the favorites there um so my concern with Redmond is that he just does not drive it well. And I, I just feel like, I mean, he's he's way overvalued in terms of uh, Vegas odds, but then he got priced pretty low on uh, DraftKings, which is unfortunate. He's like a 100-to-1 golfer, and he's he's priced half that. So, um, uh, But I'm certainly worried about the ownership as well as the off-the-tee game. Was that opening line or where people put him? Sorry, so, um, he opened at 50 or 55. Oh, okay. But he's a guy who should be 100 or 125. He's never won. He's barely mm-hmm. sniffed winning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the course history was kind of baked into that price, but then DraftKings didn't price him. He should have been 84, 8,500 based on that. Mm-hmm. Josh? Uh, so he's probably the golfer that I'm struggling with the most because, as Ryan is, he seems to be overvalued He's in, especially when you factor in ownership. But when I was doing my research leading up to tonight, aside from taking out course history, I didn't even look at course. I mean, I know he's done well here, but I wasn't factoring in course history when I was doing my research. And he came away as pretty much my number one value on the board. And so I struggled with, well, do I, because the ownership is getting high, how, what do I want to do with who I did determine is the number one play for me? And so I was kind of thinking if I would do what I did last week with answer, answer was my number one play. And I knew he was chalk, but I didn't want to fade my overall play. So I faded a lot of the other chalk. Um, and, and, and I actually went 70% answer last week. And, you know, as he was bombing on, Thursday, I was apoplectic, but eventually it came away and I, it, it, it worked out for me. But I'm thinking I might have to take a similar approach with Redmond because I, I don't want to fade my overall top play, even though he is chalky. So I might have to go grossly overweight and I don't know. Why is he your overall top play? I, I mean, I was looking at a lot of different – I don't know what you want me to – Because he's great. He said, he said his research leading up to today – but his research also started today. Is this false? No. All right. So let me ask you this from a mathematics uh, standpoint. All of the heavy ownership 
is in the 9.5 up range, like 20% and up, which, I mean, and then you got 30% Bryson. You would, you would think then to make that mathematically possible, you're going to need some heavy ownership in these sixes. There's nothing. So where are people going to make 30% Bryson, 20% Reed, 20% Kokrak happen? Bo Hoke for 68? Oh, let's get there. But I don't know. I don't, don't see anything no, down I, there yet. Well, I think it's the sevens. I think the build is basically going to be Bryson plus a nine plus a bunch of sevens. Okay. Um, is that Bryson where Scan Davis comes in? I think he's going to be one of them. Uh, there's been a lot Struck of, up. yeah, not uh, Bo Hogue, but a lot of Bo Hostler. Uh, Absolutely not today. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I don't not see there. it. No, I'm not there. I'm certainly not there. Nope. There's always the Kyle Stanley talk. Um, there's a lot of Maverick McNeely talk. Yes, which I also don't like. Bramlett. Um, yeah. Wait. I'm going to say this now. You guys, you guys are making fun of me, but this guy, Tane Lee, I, I, it's listen. For I don't remember why, Ryan. You can attest to this that I was. He was one of my last cuts for what I have no idea why, but he was one of the last cuts in the pool. And when I say last cuts, I would have had like I don't know two, three percent of them, not like mm-hmm. yeah. But he was one of my last cuts going into the Palmetto where he was contending, and. I think you can do a lot worse for flat men. And mm-hmm. what is, does he have? Is he three? He's made his last three cuts on tour and, and including a 14th last. I don't know. I mean, you can do a lot worse. Um, so do, I will, I will want, have some. Do you want to know who I think other than Redmond, the best price in this field is, and he's in the sevens. What? Well, let me guess here. You won't guess it because I never play him. It's Joel Damon. I don't know. That's seven. He was tweeting that his make clubs a... hadn't arrived, or he lost his clubs. Did you see that? He. he um, I'm not gonna. I'm ignore that. I, he. He. <laughs> if you want a six of six, I mean, Damon's going to make the cut at seven k, and seven k, he creates a lot of options for you. IMO. Yeah, I think that's going to be the build. It's it's going to be one, two, or three from the low sevens. I think uh, for most a people, a lot of people because... like Putnam too. I saw someone said Putnam to win. Ryan Putnam. Putnam to win. <laughs> no In my defense, it was two hundred to one. Oh. I don't. Are we going no. to Chappie? I think Bamford likes him. Yeah, I mean Putnam. I mean, I think all I really saw from Putnam. Look, he's obviously won before, so I, you know, I'll always give them a look. But he gained five and a half strokes approach last week. He gained off the tee and he gained putting. I mean, he's two hundred to one. Let's do it. Look, here's the here's the thing in the sixes, which there is now a tremendous amount to choose from. I believe. Do I go back and put my hand down the garbage disposal with Ben Martin? No. Um, Bo Hogue never play. The Norlander. Now, there you go. 6.8 Norlander? Yes. Sub 5, sub 2% ownership, perhaps? Yeah, also 200 to 1. 
Let's do it. Yes. Yeah, Patrick Rogers, Norlander. Norlander is back in my in, in my judgment. Um, I got a couple more here, and I'm going to give the floor to you. I, I, I worry about the cams in both Davis and then Camp Champ, but Camp Champ has somewhat of a good record here. Um, terrible form. Horrible. Horrible form. Um, but opens up possibilities of that price. Last two. Brendan Hagee, 6.2. Not bad. Does a lot of things well. Hits it a freaking mile. Um, had one, one course a few weeks ago where he was in contention to win. And then Robert, quote, Bobby Shells. Oh, baby. Now you're talking about 6.4. That is the one. I wasn't thinking Hogue is Hogue's band. Boss Hogue. But Bobby Shells is completely a fan of the show. Um, is that true? I, I did not think he would throw that name out there. All right. The show is a fan of him. Excuse me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was surprised that you said that as well, but uh, I don't mind me some Bobby Shells. Here's a name that we're, <laughs> we're going to go back to. And it's Vince Whaley. Of course. Um, mm-hmm. Now, he is coming off two miscuts. For what it's worth, he uh, missed on the number last week, and he was playing pretty well. Um, but, you know, I think he is – he's probably four to 500 too cheap. I, I said – so Ryan sells us on these guys – uh, week to week, and I play them because he sells them pretty hard. It's true. For, for instance, Kramer Hickok, right? I I swore I'd never play Kramer Hickok again, and look what happened last week. He was, you know, he had one hundred percent. He had to, he had to play him, and then Vince Whaley stared me in the face this week. I just thought I, all I could see is Ryan saying Vince Whaley, Vince Whaley, and I know if I don't play him, he'll be top five. Of course. Um. Yeah, Talk I think there are some Vince things. really does well, Ryan. Well, I, I mean, recently nothing, but uh, not I mean, very consistent. <laughs> but I mean, for for the last few months, very consistent ball striker, and 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 he made a lot of birdies. Uh, and I mean, one, he was priced like at the Stone Min for uh, no apparent reason. Um, but yeah, there are a few names down here. So obviously, uh, yeah, I mean, Norlander uh, for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I am considering some some Chapel this week. I think I. I mentioned that to slip already, but uh, he's a bomber, par five scorer, can make a lot of birdies, uh, played well on on uh, Ross courses before. So, yeah, why not? Um, I don't usually like to go with the kind of young unknowns, but uh, Austin Eckroat, no, Austin Eckroat is, is going to be very, very good. And uh, he was pretty strong at the Travelers last week, you know, he finished kind of middle of the pack, but I mean, he gained off the tee, he gained approach, he gained putting. And I think, uh, I think he's going to like this golf course, which is much easier, a heck of a lot better in college. They don't really play hard golf courses. They play really easy golf courses. So, um, I think you could see him near the top 10 this week. That's an interesting name. Yeah. I could get behind that. The only other two I had were that I'm like that. John, is it Pock or pack or Pock? Uh, that that amateur stud, who a lot of people are playing right now. Yeah, I think it's John Pack. Uh, John Pack. That is of interest to me. The Bronson Burgoon. I can't seem to quit Bronson Burgoon. What are we doing with the Bram wagon? I mean, the guy just can't putt, but he just hits the ball so well. 
Never, I can never play him. I don't know. He's just rating out really, really well, and it's just infuriating because all I get is missed cuts from him. I'm right. I'm playing him. Okay. I mean, he's when you say, "Well, all you get out are missed cuts." He basically makes the cut every other time, and and what do you expect out of a guy at that price? Here I am looking for yeah. Tane Lee in the sevens when we were talking about the sevens. I'm like, I can't he's see the, Tane he, Lee anywhere. He, he's the flat men, six k. <laughs> he's the flat man. Yeah, I mean, you have to. Yeah, you have to play him for that price. Oh, so so am I? Are you going to issue an apology now or just on Twitter? Um, I didn't even know that he was out of the field. Um, I thought you were, okay. you were referring to when he was six k at the Palmetto. So on on Twitter, then I guess. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, yes, Tane Lee is in play for six k. Thank you. All right, who's your winner? Then are we allowed to say Bryson? Yeah, of course. Say say Bryson and then one other. Yeah, all right. I'll say Bryson, uh, and then I will say Max Homa. Wow. Okay. That's that's not fair. I'll say um, Bryson, and then I will say – no, I'll I'll say Neiman. Oh, Wow. He takes two guys at like twenty. No, no, no. Josh and I are always kind of aligned on our winning picks because that's. I was going to skip Bryson and go Neiman Redmond. You that's guys have talked me into a full Redmond fade. I just can't. I, I can't deal with it. Uh, just like my uh, my full answer fade last week, which was so good. It was. No, it was not. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, was absolute miserable death. The same things yes. can happen if you don't take Redmond. The guy's plus four on Thursday and finishes the week as the top three scorer. It's just Ryan, I'm gonna I'm gonna attack that mega mind of yours. Okay, think back two years ago when Redmond really broke out on tour, and it was here. Never mind. Yeah, here. he finished. He finished a uh, runner up here, a top five. Something. Yes. Hang on, I just pulled up my. my he has a fifth and a twentieth, I believe. Well, What's that? has an eighth no, and eleven. He, so se- sorry, he has a second and a twenty-first. But I mean, Strzok is the same player mm-hmm. for two hundred less and ten percent less ownership. So, like, why are we not playing Sep? Whatever. There are a lot of guys under under him that I could go to, but I don't know. Are you? Do you like Sep other than his course history? Um. Well, yeah. I mean, I always like Sep, but he did play really well last week. So. Yeah, you love last four. Mm-hmm. He gains six strokes ball striking and two and a half putting. Let's do it. All I need is four good rounds. I don't even need four. I need like one good round. I'd like to come back with one name because he's been a common name in the podcast, and I want your opinion. Are you guys on Chez? Yes. Oh, of course on Chez. All right. I was originally. Um, I don't mind him if you're making 150 teams, but like if you have to make 25 or 30 birdies, <laughs> it's not going to be Chez. The Chez air sire. He can't putt. Like he's not the guy who's going to make thirty birdies. Whatever. So. He's amazing. Now what? Yeah. Now, do they have a lot of Ben Poa in France? <laughs> <laughs> Chez Ravi? No, he's from. Uh, he's from Chez Ravi. Yes, the Chez Ravi region. Yes, that's where I thought. Like, okay, here's how stupid my brain is. I thought he was from like Manhattan Beach in California. He Wasn't seems like he'd be a California like guy. Chez Ravine or something like that. Uh, the Chez Ravine? Yeah. Something like that. Hang on a second. This is going to be really pathetic on my part. 
Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Dodger Stadium has has the. Uh, yeah, it's something at Dodger Stadium. Chavez Ravine, that was it. That was Dodger. Yes, perfect. So I'm not not too stupid. So you thought he was that? <laughs> I thought he was Dodger Stadium. <laughs> you thought he was a monument or whatever at Dodger Stadium. Got it. Yeah. Okay. It's Ben saying he's from France. It was a joke when I said it. Oh, okay. yeah. It wasn't a joke on my part. Just straight up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so we should also tell uh, the people uh, that you shouldn't make any bets this week. You should just double Bryson and Rory and uh, take your like forty to one and move on. Okay, that's that. You didn't bet Rory though. I didn't do it because I'm an idiot. <laughs> I bet losers. I bet like five guys at a hundred to one instead, and three guys Sebastian Heisel or someone like that. I bet Matt Southgate. I don't know. <laughs> I bet uh, Daniel Van Ton. I don't know. <laughs> Daniel Van Ton is going to win the Irish Open. Yeah, I bet Jorge Campillo. It's just bad. Don't even. I'm on a, a very, very cool run the last month or so. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. That's good. See you, boys. Bye-bye. See ya. the